Hey, happy summer, you teachers and administrators. Like, um, you made it this year. Like, we're proud of you. And the rest of us, like, we've been enjoying it for a little bit. So um, it's all good. Thanks for being here. If I have not met you yet, my name is Daryl Holden. I'm one of the pastors here, and um, it is my great joy to be with you. Um, for those of you who are guests, thanks for coming. We're really excited that you're here too. Um, if you're new or newer to Christ's community, we'd love to meet you, um, and you could help us with that. One of the ways you could do that, there's a QR code on the seat back in front of you. If you just use that with your phone, that'll take you to our digital connect card, and you could let us know you're here that way. Um, or if you want, those of you here in the room, when you um, walk out, you could stop at the welcome desk and um, meet a person, and we have a gift for you, and we'd love to get to know you and get your contact information that way. Those of you who are online, if you hit our connect button there, that'll take you to our digital connect card too, and so we'd love to know that you're participating as well. The point of that is to see if there's any questions we could answer for you, any ways we could pray for you, how we could help you, serve you, um, and again, it'd be our great pleasure to be able to meet you. So. Um, if you're a guest, welcome, we're glad you're here. You caught us in our first series this summer. Um, we're, we're in this series, it's a series in the Psalms, and it's called Words When You Have No Words. Sometimes there's stuff that happens in our lives, it happens to us, it happens around us, happens to people that we love, and we don't have words. And, and like maybe you have some words, but you know they're not the right words to speak about it, and so like, you don't, maybe you don't know what to say, you don't know what to pray, you don't, you don't know how to relate to the situation, and what God has done for us in the Psalms, these are the ancient prayers and their ancient poems, God's people. God has given us words for when we have no words. And so I, I'm really enjoying this series, I hope you are too. Um, today we're gonna, be, we're gonna be looking at Psalm 118, 118, Psalm 118. And um, I think there are gonna be some words for you. This is a Psalm of hope. So it'll be some, if you need hope today, there'll be some words of hope for you or maybe somebody in your life needs to hear some words of hope from you and what God has done for people like us is he's given us words to speak when it feels like there are no words. So Psalm 118, before I jump into it, a couple things you ought to know about it. First of all, it's, um, it's a long-ish psalm. There's like 29 verses. It's a poem, so there's like 29 stanzas. And um, Brad Paisley is one of my favorite artists, and he has this song about long sermons on pretty Sundays. And like I appreciate that that statement when I'm out there sitting in your seat, so I'm gonna try to appreciate it when we're here. So what I've, what I've done is I've picked some of, some of the most hopeful and hope-filled things in that psalm just to share with you today. The other thing you need to know about this psalm, it's Psalm of Thanksgiving, and it is a messianic psalm, which what it means is it points us towards Jesus. It points to Jesus. So the first people who, who heard this psalm, who prayed this psalm, those ancient people of God, it stirred something in them and they were looking forward to help and hope. And so you and I now, we get to hear these words and, and it will stir in us something that will, that will surface for us, um, Jesus. And so we're gonna kind of start this psalm, we're gonna start from the perspective of that first group of people who were listening to it and then we're gonna finish it up in our, in our posture today knowing that it is speaking of and about pointing us towards Jesus. So I'm really, again, I'm really excited that we get to participate in all this together. And, and because this is a messianic psalm, because it's a psalm that pointed forward, that first group pointed them towards Jesus and points you and me back to him, because this is a messianic psalm, this is a psalm of hope. So if you need hope today, Jesus is your guy. If, if, you, if you need help and hope in your life, 
Jesus is our only hope. And so we're going to experience that and explore that together today. So I want to jump in. It's just first few verses of this psalm. Psalm 118, verses one through four. The psalm starts. It says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his love endures forever. So this psalm starts calling three different groups of people to worship, to declare his love endures forever. It starts with Israel, the nation of Israel, the ancient nation of God's people. These are, these are the people in whom these psalms came from, came out of their, came out of their history and out of their tradition and, and out of their worship. And so the people, the nation of Israel, they knew they were the covenant people of God. He'd entered into a relationship with them and they gathered to worship and they were being called to worship. Let Israel, let the people say. So these are, these are the people who it's like, they're used to this. Maybe if we could put it in today's terms, these are the people who grew up in church. They, they know the stories, they know the songs, they, like they're insiders, they know. And, and it's good when you have a long track record to be reminded it's important to worship and to declare, you know, his love endures forever. And then it calls the house of Aaron. So in the ancient nation of Israel, the house of Aaron, these are the priests, those spiritual leaders. And it's just, this is a worship leader calling not just the people, the covenant people of God, but then the house of Aaron, the spiritual leaders, reminding them that, hey, we're here to worship. Let's worship. And then it, the last group of people that are in this, it says, let those who fear the Lord say. And this is everybody else. Like these, are, these are the Gentile nations. These are the people who weren't born into this stuff, but they're the people who've seen that there's something in this, there's something to this, and they've, they've come, and they've come to worship. They're the outsiders. These are the people that don't look like everybody else, maybe, or these are the people who don't know the stories. These are the people who don't know the songs. These are the people who don't know everything that's going on, but they know there's something to this Lord God, and they're being called to worship. And this is such good news, especially if you feel like you don't fit in here, like you don't belong. This is great news for people who feel like they're on the outside or they didn't grow up in this stuff. And I don't know what you're talking about when you say Psalms, and I didn't know any of those songs that you all sang. Like, this is great news because this is for you. These words of hope for you, you've been called to worship, to declare that his love endures forever. And so we all, to all of us, like we're all included in this. We all get to say this beautiful thing his love endures forever. And, and as we explore, like, what does that statement mean? That's an awesome statement about who God is. These words of hope for you and for me that God's love endures forever. His love, especially in the Psalms, when the Psalms talk about God's love for people, it's covenant love. It's a, it's a love with a promise. It's not just about feelings. There's feelings involved for sure from God's side and from ours. Our feelings are involved. But in his part, it's not just about feelings. It's about his promise, his promise to love us. His love endures. And just, if you just think about that, like his, his love, his love lasts. His love, his love overcomes. His, his love, it lasts and lasts and lasts. His love endures forever. There's, there's no point in time where his, love, where his love just stops, where it cuts off, where he runs out. His love endures forever, and not just in time, but also in depth. 
One of the things we talk about, about God, that he's eternal, when something says that about God that he is forever, it means it has, he has no beginning and he has no end, and that's not just a time statement. That is, that is about his love, his love endures forever. It lasts and lasts and lasts, and, and you never find the bottom of it. He never runs out of love, and you never find the bottom of his love. It's, this, is a, this is an amazing thing that God, the creator God of heaven and earth, would look at people like us and enter into a relationship with us and promise us that my love for you will endure. It, it will last, it will last forever and ever. And so, so people like you and me, we get to worship this God who says, my love for you endures forever, and so you gotta know. If you're in, if you're in some kind of situation where, where you're wondering about, about God's love for you, sometimes our circumstances can, can put us in a position where we're not really sure that God has, is seeing us, that he's paying attention to us, that he's moving towards us, that he notices, that he cares. But the truth of the matter is, if you're, you've, you've entered into a relationship with him, and so his love for you endures forever. It, it outlasts whatever it is that's going on in your life, whatever it is you're facing, like his love for you will outlast that. And his love for you is bigger and deeper and wider than that, than the circumstances. His love for you endures forever. And those are words of hope for you. And maybe you're in some kind of circumstance where you're not really sure about your love for God. You know, sometimes when things get messy enough in our lives, they get hard enough in our lives, the questions get big enough in our lives, maybe we wonder a little bit about, like, okay, I'm not, I'm not so sure. It doesn't feel like he's all in for me. I'm not so sure that I'm all in for him. Like you gotta sort that out. You have, to, you have to take that home and you have to sit before God with that. But here's what you need to hear. His love for you endures forever. You, you may feel like he's lost track of you. You may feel like he's lost sight of you. You may feel like he's not involved anymore or like he's involved less than he used to be, but that is not the case. That is not the case. Words of hope for you. His love for you endures forever. And so maybe you're not, Maybe you're not sure you're loving him right now, but you take that home and sit in that and hear me and hear him. His love for you endures forever. So no matter what it is you're facing, no matter what's going on in your life or your friends' lives, the lives of the people in your circles of influence, God's love for you, God's love for them. Like it lasts, it overcomes, there's no bottom to it. He, he loves you, his love endures forever. And so we have these words of hope, his love endures forever. Here's the second thing. It's a little farther down in the psalm. These are verses six and seven. The Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He's my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. Here's your words of hope. The Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. No matter what's going on in your life, the Lord is with me. And, and God's presence is a big deal. God's presence is a big deal. Now, he's, he's always present. There's this statement we make, and it's a big word, the omnipresence of God. God is, he's always present everywhere. There's no place that he's not present. This isn't just talking about that, that, that the Lord is with me like he's everywhere, all place at all times, so I can never escape him. That's, this, that's true, but that's not what this statement means. This is, this is about the, the manifest presence of God, about the presence of God where you and I can know and experience that he is with us. He's with me, the Lord is with me. The 23rd Psalm, it's a great Psalm of comfort too, Psalm of hope, 
as when I walk through the darkest valley, I'll fear no evil because you're with me. You're with me. And your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so, so we get to know God's presence in our lives. We get to experience it. We get to experience his rod and his staff and his comfort in our lives. The Lord is with me, and because the Lord is with me, then I'm, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. The Lord's presence, when you know he's there, it changes your perspective about everything else. When, when you're experiencing the Lord being with you, and when you, when you know the Lord is with you because he has made himself known to you, the stuff that is the stuff that's so scary before, the stuff that is the stuff that is dark, the stuff that is hard, the stuff, the stuff that you and I don't know and that is bigger than us. When the Lord is with me, I don't have to be afraid. The Lord's with me. I'm not, I'm not gonna be afraid because the Lord is with me. And he's making himself known. And then and then he says, the Lord is with me. He's my helper. He's my helper. In the midst of what I've got going on, the Lord is my helper. He's my strength. He's my defense. He has become my salvation. And when he shows up, he doesn't just show up to be with us. He shows up on our behalf. He's with me. He is my strength. And he is my help. He's my helper. He's become my salvation. He comes to our rescue. And and in this statement about the Lord is with me, you may not feel like the Lord's with you. You know, you may not feel like you're experiencing victory over your enemies, because he says that a little bit in there. He says, like, I'm gonna see victory over my enemies. I'm gonna look in triumph on my enemies. And you may feel, you may feel like your enemies are pushing you back. It may may feel in this moment like, like they've got their hand, your enemy's got their hands on your chest, and they're just walking you to the edge, right? You you may feel like your enemy is just pushing you right back. And and what will happen for you is the Lord comes to your aid. He is is your strength and he will be your salvation. And so you may feel like you're being pushed to the very edge, but you're gonna soon experience. Here's what you will soon experience. I love how the psalmist writes this. He actually puts it in verse five. It's one verse up. He says, when I was hard pressed, when I was hard pressed, I cried to the Lord and he brought me into a spacious place. My enemy had his hands on my chest and he had pushed me right back to the edge. I, was un- I thought it was over. And I cried out to the Lord and he, and he brought me into wide open spaces. So that picture, that word picture, that image there for me, it's, it's, a, it's very personal, it's very precious to me. Years ago, I was in a situation, I was in a set of circumstances that had gone on for a long time and a great description of what was going on in my life was hard pressed. I just I was hard pressed at that point, facing some difficult decisions, facing some difficult relationships, and really really felt like my enemy had me and was pushing me back to the edge. And, and I called a friend and we went to lunch and I shared with him some of the stuff that I was going on in my life and some of the decisions that we were making and some some of the the hard pressedness of my life. And he said, Hey, can I pray for you? And yes, the answer is always yes to that. Can I pray for you? And he prayed, he prayed this verse over me. He, he just prayed that God would take me from what I was in and feeling and he would, he would put me in wide open spaces that I, would, that I would experience this spacious place that God wanted to give to me. And, and he did that for me. He, he showed up when I thought it was over. He showed up and put me in this spacious place place and 
And so it's not just like God is our helper. And it's, it's not just the little stuff, like it's on you to do the big important stuff. And, and when that gets a little bit too hard, or like if you need a little extra help over here, then cry out to the Lord and he'll come give you that little extra push. That's not what it's talking about at all. Like when, when you and I are under, like when, when it feels like it is over, when, when the pile, like it is all piled on and you can't stand up anymore, you cry out to the Lord and, and he comes to help. He comes to help and he rescues us. I heard it again, I hear this on, I hear this regularly. The Lord won't give you more than you can handle. That is false. Like that is just false. Listen, life will give you more than you can handle. And, and we could argue about whether that comes from the Lord or whether it comes from life. It all comes through his hands. If you're his child, it all comes through his hands. You will have more than you can handle, but you do not have more than God can handle. And so you and I, when, when life has given us more than we can handle, what we have the, we have the privilege of being able to do is to, to cry out to the Lord and he will, he will come and be our helper. And because he's willing to help, because he comes to our aid, you and I, what he will do for us he will do way more for us than we can do for ourselves. And so, so we, get to, we get to have hope in this, that, that the Lord is with me. He's with me, and because he's, he's my helper, and I don't have to be afraid, and I get to live in victory. The Lord is with me. And as we cry out to the Lord and experience him being with us, here's, here's another word of hope. This is from verses 15 and 16. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. Like that is, that is winner, victory. Like the Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. And the right hand of God is a place of power. It's his right hand is his hand of power. It's his hand of authority. If you're left-handed, sorry. And God is right-handed. And then like the Lord's right hand has done mighty things. For people like you and me, and we get to celebrate the things that he has done, and he's an active God. He's an active God, he brings power, he brings his power to bear in our lives. And because he brings his power to bear in our lives, then we get to live in victory. Some of the verses that we're not reading here, the psalmist makes these hope-filled statements, like shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. And the picture there is just ancient battlefield. You know, the, the warriors on one side, warriors on the other, they're living in their tents, and, and shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the people who the Lord is on their side, who live, who live their way according to the Lord's way. And so shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous, and then he makes this statement. He says, I'm not, I will not die. If you felt that way, the circumstances of life, or, or you have a friend who's, just feels like I'm not gonna make it. And the Lord comes and he helps. I will not die, but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. I get to live, I'm not gonna die, I get to, I get to live and not just be alive. And not just be alive and you know, take up space, breathe, be around other people. I get to live with meaning and hope and purpose. I get to live and proclaim what the Lord has done. What God does is God comes to our rescue and he rescues us 
and he redeems us, like he grabs us out of the pit and sets us in those wide open spaces, and then he over-redeems. He takes the mess that you've been in. He takes, he takes whatever it is that has been on top of you, piled on you, and what he's rescued you from, he over-redeems, and what he does, in that, like he uses you to help other people find his help too. And so you and I have this incredible privilege because the Lord is with us and because his right hand comes to bear on our lives, we get to live with purpose and meaning in our lives because what he's done for us. And so, so you and I will live, I will not die. I'm gonna proclaim what the Lord has done. And in all of this hope and all this celebration that we read in this psalm, and it, it carries with it like the just, the joy of somebody who has been rescued. In all of this joy and in all of this celebration, there's this curious little statement towards the end of the psalm. It's actually, it's actually a request, it's a prayer. And it's, it's in verse 25. It says, Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. And what's curious to me about that is like, it's after like I was, I was being pushed back and the Lord came to help me and set me in a spacious place. It's, it's after the Lord has shown his mighty right hand and he's rescued me and tents, you know, shouts of joy and victory in the tents of righteous. And it's, and it's after the celebration of I'm gonna live and I'm not gonna die. I get to live with purpose. And, and then there's this little prayer. Lord, save us. Lord, rescue us, the psalmist having experienced this rescue and salvation in his life recognized that he, and, and for us, that we, that we have this greater need, a deeper need for divine intervention and, and this prayer, this Lord save us, Lord grant us success, this little prayer is written in anticipation of God's greater rescue of God's greater intervention. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. And these people of God, centuries before Jesus ever showed up on the earth, are looking forward in advance in anticipation of God coming to their rescue. And so this little prayer, Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success, is sandwiched in between two statements that point us directly to Jesus. The first one comes right after it. It's verse 26. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So this statement, this was Jesus on that very first Palm Sunday. When the week before he went to the cross, the Holy Week, on that Sunday before Friday, he was entering into the city of Jerusalem and his followers and the people were crowded around, their palm branches, and they're, they're looking at Jesus and they're saying of him, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And, and so that, that ancient group of people were watching Jesus and they'd seen him and miracles and what he taught for the three years of his life before that point. And they were recognizing that in him, this is the one. That Psalm 118, that little verse, Lord save us, Lord grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He's the one. He's the one, so they recognize that this statement was being made about Jesus. He's the fulfillment. He's the fulfillment of that Lord save us prayer. He's God's answer 
to the Lord, save us, prayer. And then just above it, verse 22, Psalmist wrote these words, he wrote, the stones the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Jesus said this about himself. He said this about himself when he was talking to the religious leaders of his day. They were making plans to, to kill him. They were trying to get him out of the way. And he said, hey, the stone that the builders rejected, it's become the cornerstone. And, and Jesus didn't just say that about himself. Other people said that about him. But the, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Jesus, Jesus was rejected. He was, he, was rejected as, he was rejected by an entire nation of people. He, he came to the nation of Israel to offer, like he is God's salvation. And they said no to him. The religious leaders, the people, crucify him. He was, he was rejected, he was, he was beaten, he was mocked, he was tortured, and he was ultimately killed. But in his resurrection from the dead, that was God's statement that this, this stone that the builders rejected, he has become the cornerstone. The most important stone in the ancient building practices, the one every, it's the one, the whole building was set on and modeled, like, it's the most important stone, the one that everybody else looked at and said, no, not that one. God says, this is, this is the one. This is the one on which you're, you're gonna build your life. And if you want life and eternal life, like it comes to us through Jesus, the stone that the builders rejected, it has become the cornerstone. And so, so knowing that this psalm is pointing us to Jesus and that Jesus is our only hope, Jesus is our only hope, here's some things we lean into when we're looking for hope. Here's some words when we have no words. So the Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. Jesus, the ancient prophet said his name will be Emmanuel, which means God with us. The Lord is with me, like the Lord is with me and he is with me in Jesus and more than that, Jesus sent his spirit, the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit who comes to live inside you when you put your faith in Jesus. So not only is like God isn't just with me, God is in me. And so he has come to take up residence in my life, and if you, no matter what it is you're facing, no matter what it is you're going through, no matter what circumstances of your life, and no matter what the circumstances of your life happen to say to you, the truth of the matter is, the Lord is with you. In Jesus, the Lord is with you. And the Lord has become my salvation. The Lord has become my salvation. Let's just put another word on that. The Lord has become my rescue. And I, salvation has become a church word, and sometimes we miss it. I need to be rescued. I need to be rescued from myself. I need to be rescued from my sin. I need to be rescued from the way that I would choose to live. I need to be rescued from where that's sending me for all eternity. I need to be rescued. The Lord has become my rescue. He's become my salvation. And Jesus, he has come to my rescue. The whole point, Jesus dying on the cross was for me and for you. The penalty for our sin is death. Jesus didn't sin. He didn't have to die. For his own sin, he chose to die for your sin and for my sin, and, and in that, he's become our salvation. And so we have hope. The Lord has made his light shine on us. It's in verse 27, Jesus, and Jesus declared about it himself and the people who know him who said it about him so many times afterwards, I'm the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. His light shines in darkness and the darkness can't overcome it. 
Jesus is the light of the world and in him is life and light. And Jesus is the light of the world in a couple different images. Like he's, One's a flashlight. Like when it's dark and you don't know where to go and you're trying to make your way and, and you need to see a step in front of you and Jesus, Jesus can be that light, but maybe better of that is, is when it's cold and dark and, and you are out to see the light of home, to see the light of home and to come home and to live in the light of home. Jesus is the light of the world. And in him is the life and the light that you've been looking for. Jesus is, he, is, he has made his light shine on us. He is, he is God's light shining on, shining in ultimately and shining through us to a world that lives in darkness. And then the last thing, that's how this psalm begins and it ends. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Jesus is the fullest expression of God's love. Jesus is the fullest expression of God's love for you. I don't know, we have, I say this often, so if you're around here, you, you hear me say this, the test of God's love for you and for me isn't that life is turning out like we want it to. Often we make that the test, that, that God, my life isn't turning out the way that I wanted it to, the way I hoped it would. There's some stuff going on that like, I'm not sure God loves me because my life isn't working. That's, that's not the test of God's love for you. The test of God's, like the demonstration of God's love for you, the fullest expression of his love for you is while you were still a sinner, God sent his one and only son to die on a cross for you so that you could, so that God could be with you and he could be in you and so that he could become your salvation and, and so that you could have his life and his light. Regardless of what's happening in the world around you, you and I get to experience the fullest expression of God's love for us in Jesus. So Marie and I were at this conference all last two weeks ago. So we were at this conference two weeks ago and this, this lady was speaking at this conference and she made this statement about God's love and she was talking particularly about this covenant love that God has, this love endures forever, this, this promised love, not just the feeling bigger than the feeling, his commitment to love us and to be in it with us and to bring who he is to bear on what's happening in our lives. God's love, and she said this about God's love, she said, God's love has feet. God's love has feet. It came to us in Jesus, and it walked in our shoes lived our kind of life, lived it perfectly so that you and I, because we can't. God's love has feet and, and those feet were nailed to a cross in place of your and mine. God's love has feet, it's his love. The 23rd Psalm ends with, surely will follow me all the days of my life and God's love has feet. And you gotta know wherever, wherever you've walked, wherever you're walking, this, this love for God, this love of God, this love of God that endures forever, that lasts and outlasts, that you can't find the bottom of it, this love of God has feet. And it is walking with you, and it is for you, and it is, it is in front of you, and it is behind you. This, this love of God that endures forever walks with you and will walk with you every day of your life into your eternal enjoyment of this ever enduring love that God has for you. So give thanks to the Lord, because his love endures forever. So I'm gonna ask the band to come back out, and they're gonna close us up with a song.
And this is, this is an opportunity for you to just kind of, if you need to, just to let some of this just flow over you and chance for you to, to process maybe some of the things that we've talked about, chance for you to, to hear God say something to you that you, you need to hear him say, maybe a chance for you to pray for somebody else that's in your life and you've had no words, that God would, like, that God would give you words there. These, this moment of worship is for you. And so you just kinda let it wash over you. You can stand up, join in whenever you want, and I'm gonna pray for us, and then when I say amen, they're gonna start, and then after they finish, I'll come back and wrap us up. So will you guys please bow your head and close your eyes with me? Uh, we give you thanks, Father, because your love for us, it does endure forever. We thank you for this love that has feet. You walk with us, you walk ahead of us. You're on guard behind us. And we get to know your love all the days of our lives. So thank you. And we, um, we honor you because you've loved us. We'd say that we love you too. And Jesus, all this comes to us through you, so we pray these things in your name. Amen.
Right, so if you'll remain standing, so two things real fast before I read a benediction over you. Now, one, if you're new, we really wanna meet you. So if you're online, if you'd hit that connect button on your digital connect card, and if you're in the room, if you stop by the welcome desk on your way out. Second thing, if you need someone to pray for you, pray with you, pray about something going on in your life, um, our prayer team will be down here at the front when we say goodbye, and it would be our great privilege to be able to pray with you, pray for you about the things that are happening in your life. All right, so by way of benediction, let me read this to you. This is from Romans chapter 15, verse 13. The Psalm of Hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God bless you guys. Have a great weekend. I love you. Look forward to seeing you next week. You're dismissed.